Hello and welcome to episode 35 of Game of Wines, A Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I'm Olivia. I'm Gabby. And I'm Chris. And today we will be discussing Aria Chapter 3 in A Game of Thrones, so make sure you have read before listening. Our latest news that we have today um, is just uh, from EW, so Entertainment Weekly. Um, they interviewed Amelia Clark on her... Um, it's been 10 years since the show started. So they just interviewed her and she kind of looked back on it because when she started the show, she was only 23 years old Mm -hmm. and she had only done two roles before that. Mm -hmm. So she was relatively new and she says that I honestly still look back at it and go, I, I'm so not at the point where I can retrospectively see what this for what it is. And she says that she could be 90 years old and she still wouldn't be able to really pick out. Or understand what Game of Thrones is. I don't think any of the characters or even the show writers or anyone really knew how big it would get and the impact it would have on everyone. Like, this is, I feel like this is going to be a very iconic show for generations to come. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, it skyrocketed her career. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I don't don't think I knew her before Game of Thrones. I don't think I did either. Yeah. Now she's a household name. Yes, she is. Uh, No Martin message today. We don't have any reader. We don't have any listener answers either. Um, so we do. Right into the review. Y'all are slacking. Yes. Uh, last episode, Tyrion was traveling with Catelyn um, when he finds out that he's not actually going to Winterfell, but rather to the Vale. Um, the Mountain Clans attack while they're on their way, resulting in a battle, but that does not stop them from continuing their journey. Uh, today, Arya is chasing cats. Oh, um, she causes an uproar and stumbles upon a dungeon with not only skulls, but actually secrets that cause a fear in her and for her whole family. Hmm. All right. The wine we have for this episode is Ponzi Pinot Gris from 2018. So Ponzi is the the name of the vineyard. Cool. Ponzi scheme? (laughs) God. Yes. So, not really exciting news, but... We uh, finished the first part of our um, new, the New Wine Rules book by John Bonet. That was all about like the basics of wine. And now we're into the second part, which is titled Inside the Bottle. So during this part, we're going to be spending quite a bit of time in, as it has a lot of info and quite a few rules. So without further ado, our 12th wine rule is know the shades of white and red and everything in between. So the author says that there's so much more than just white wine and red wine. He lists six different types. Um, So as I have done for previous rules, I'm only going to talk about two today. And then for the next two weeks, I'll talk about two more as well. So we're going to start off with the two basic ones. The first one is white wine, which is made from, you guessed it, white grapes. What? (laughs) Yeah. Crazy, right? I wouldn't have guessed that. I know. (laughs) Crazy. Uh, pressing of the grapes takes place as very soon after the harvest. Um, there's not a lot of pigment from the grape skins at this time, which gives it its white color. So it's not just because it's from white grapes, but it's also um, how soon after uh, harvest the pressing takes place. So the second wine, red wine, is made from red grapes. Duh. <laughs> uh, red wines need to sit on the grape skins to pick up the color and structure. And then it is pressed one to four weeks after the grapes have been crushed. So it sounds like white wines take a lot quicker to make than red wine. Red wine takes a lot more time, which gives it the different colors. Hmm. So, yeah. Let's dive in, shall we? Let's go. All right. 
So as Christopher said, Arya is chasing cats as part of her water dancing lesson. She, As she's running around the castle halls, she repeats to herself, quiet as a shadow, light as a feather, as she t- tried to chase down a black tomcat. Excuse light me. Light as a feather? Light as a feather. Who is this? <laughs> Ollie? I'm assuming that... Butterfly. Foot like a butterfly, sing like a bee. Mm-hmm. What is that from? It's close. Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali. Oh. <laughs> Um, I'm assuming that this is something that Serial Pharrell told her to think as she's training. She was covered half in half-held... I'm sorry. She was covered in half-healed scratches, and both of her knees were scabbed over. Pharrell treated her scratches with mirish fire. Um, I did look up what this was from the wiki. It is a medical ointment from the free city of Mir. It is often used to clean wounds and burns on contact, and marish fire wines are drunk to help with digestion. Hmm. So, that's that. She couldn't even catch the cook's old fat cat, but Serio had her chasing cats all day and night. All day she had caught cats in the Red Keep and brought them to Serio, all but this one black cat that she just couldn't seem to catch. Hmm. Someone had told her that that cat was the real king of the castle, old and mean, uh, and she was told to stay away from it. I feel like most cats feel like they're running things. Yeah. So. Oh, for sure. Not surprising. She finally cornered the cat, though, and requ- and repeated, quiet as a shadow, light as a feather again. She was three steps away from it, and then it bolted, but she was able to block its escape. And then she says, quick as a, quick as a snake, and then snatched him up, held him to her chest, laughing as his claws came out. And then she kissed him right in between the eyes. <laughs> she heard a voice at the end of the hall that said, what's he doing with that cat? So Arya turned to see who said this and dropped the cat, only to see that it was Marcella and Tommen with a septa and two Lannister guards. So Marcella said, what were you doing with that cat boy? He's a ragged boy, isn't he? Look at him. Referring to Arya, because she doesn't recognize him. Mm-hmm. And then Tommen agrees and says, a ragged, dirty, smelly boy. She was called a boy a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Arya realized that they didn't recognize who she was. They didn't even seem to realize that she was, in fact, a girl and not a boy. Uh, she quickly lowered her head and dropped to one knee in hopes that they wouldn't recognize her because if they did, she would never hear the end of it. The septa spoke and said, Boy, how did you come here? You have no business in this part of the castle. Who do you belong to, boy? Answer me. What's wrong with you? Are you mute? And Arya was about to answer, but stopped herself because if she spoke, Tommen and Marcella would surely know who she was. Mm-hmm. Septa said, Godwin, bring him here. So one of the guards went to grab her, but she dodged him, his fingers brushing her arm. Smooth as summer silk, she thought. She sprinted down the alley, swift as a deer. Septa screeched at her as she slid between two legs, bumped into Tommen, and hopped over him. Then she ran away. Did she knock him over? I don't think she knocked him over. I think she just hopped over him. <laughs> she, uh, small... I'm parkour. sorry. Parkour. <laughs> Seriously, though, this is one heck of an escape, man. <laughs> she saw a small window above her, so she pulled herself up to it and wriggled through. Slippery as an eel, she thought. She jumped out and landed on the floor and continued to run. Eventually, she found herself in a pitch-dark cellar. She was out of breath and lost as she hunkered down in the cellar. She had to move... She had moved too fast swift as a deer and she didn't really reckon, realize where she was going as she hunkered down she listened for people looking for her but all she heard was the beating of her own heart and the distant drip of water 
she reminded herself to be quiet as a shadow so as not to be caught. Then she thought about where she was and wondered where that was exactly. She used to have bad dreams about being lost in King's Landing. Her dad reminded her that the Red Keep alone was smaller than Winterfell, but in her dreams it seemed so much bigger on endless, an endless stone maze with walls that seemed to change behind her. She would find herself wandering down gloomy halls, past boring tapestries, and down endless stairs. Some of the walls seemed to be dripping blood. Sometimes she would hear her father's voice, but it would always be far off. No matter how hard she ran after it, it would just grow fainter and fainter. She decided that she would count to 10,000, and then it would be safe to come out. By the time she got to 87, however, her eyes had adjusted to the darkness. Slowly, large shapes in the room had begun to take shape. She saw huge empty eyes and jagged shadows of long teeth. She closed her eyes, bit her lip, and sent the fear away. She reminded herself to stay calm to I'm sorry. She reminded herself to stay calm as still water, strong as a bear and fierce as a wolverine. And then she opened her eyes. All right. So, the monsters were still there, but the fear was gone. Um Arya rose to her feet, kind of unsure. Um and all of the heads were around her that she had seen. Um, she touched one, curious, wondering if it was real. Um, she says that the bone was smooth smooth beneath her hand, cold and hard to the touch. She ran her fingers down a tooth, black and sharp, a dagger made of darkness. Um, she then said out loud to herself, it's dead. It's just a skull. It can't hurt me. Yet somehow she noticed that, like, the monster seemed to know she was there. She could feel its empty eyes watching her through the gloom, and there was something in that dim, cavernous room that did not love her. Hmm. Well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so she edged away from the skull and backed into a second larger, a second one larger than the first. Um, for an instant, she could feel its teeth digging into her shoulder as if it wanted a bite of her flesh. That's so scary. Yeah. Um, she whirled around and felt the felt her leather catch and tear as a huge fang nipped at her jerkin, and then she was running. So she just she got scared. And she took off. Those teeth are still really sharp, then. <laughs> yeah. Um, another skull loomed ahead, the biggest monster of all, but she didn't even slow down to check it out. Um, she leapt over a ridge of black teeth as tall as swords, dashed through the hungry jaws, and threw herself against the door. Um, her hands found an iron ring set in the wood, and she yanked at it. Um, the door resistant, resisted for a moment before it slowly swung inward with a creak so loud that Ari was certain it could be heard throughout the city. So, she's now in another room, and she kind of notices that if the room with the monsters had been dark, then this hall had that the door had led her to was the blackest pit in the Seven Hells. So it's even darker. Are you ready? Calm as still water, Arya told herself. Um, even after giving her eyes a moment to adjust, there was nothing to see. She even wiggled her fingers in front of her face and felt the air move, but still saw nothing. She was blind. Um, she then reminded herself that a water dancer sees with all of their senses. So she closes her eyes and steadies her breathing, drinks in the quiet, and reaches out her hand. Um, her fingers are brushing against rough, unfinished stone to her left, she followed the wall, her hand skimming along the surface. I'm assuming at this point she's literally just kind of walking. <laughs> she's like, yeah. She's like, all right, I can't see this. Hands out. Hands literally. 
Um, and she's telling herself, all halls lead somewhere. Where there is a way in, there is a way out. Fear cuts deeper than swords. So Arya would not be afraid. <laughs> would not. She refused. Refuse. Um, it seemed as if she had been walking a long ways when the hall, when the wall ended up abrupt, abrupt, I can't say that word, abruptly, abruptly, (laughs) and a draft of cold air blew past her cheek. So from somewhere far below, she heard noises, the scrape of boots, and the distant sound of voices. Um, a flickering light brushed the wall ever so faintly that she could see that she stood at the top of a great black well. Um, a shaft 20 feet across, plunging deep into the earth. Jeez. So if she had stepped any further, it kind of sounds like... She's uh, lucky. (laughs) (laughs) Um, She peered over the edge and felt the cold black breath on her face. And far below, she saw the light of a single torch, small small as the flame of a candle. And she could make out two men. And she could hear their voices echoing up the shaft. So it literally kind of starts all weird, and it's just found one bastard. One I was gonna time. say it sound it looks or it sounds like she's like coming into a ongoing conversation. conversation. Yeah. yeah, and she's getting like bits and pieces. So found the bastard. One said, "The rest will come soon. A day, two days, a fortnight." Uh, and when he learns the truth, what will he do? A second voice asked in the liquid accents of the free cities. The gods alone know. The fools tried to kill his son, and what's worse, they made a mummer's farce of it. He is not a man to put that aside. I warn you, the wolf and lion will soon be at each other's throats, whether we will it or no. Too soon, too soon, the voice with the accent complained. What good is war now? We are not ready. Delay. 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 Um, And then the other voice responds, as well, bid me stop time. Do you take me for a wizard? The other voice chuckled and said, no less. Um, the tall shadows were almost right on top of Arya. And and an instant later, the man holding the torch climbed into her sight with his companion beside him. So she crept back away from the well and dropped to her stomach and flattened herself against the wall. She held her breath as the men reached the top of the steps. What would you have me do? Asked the torch bearer, a stout man in a leather half cape. Half cape. Makes me wonder, is it, like, literally so he's just wearing a cape that only goes down to his butt or something? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's, yeah, I think it's just, like, a shorter cape. That's weird. (laughs) Um, Even in heavy boots, his feet seemed to glide soundlessly over the ground. A round, scarred face and a stubble stubble of dark beard showed under his steel cap, and he wore mail over boiled leather and a dirk and a short sword at his belt. It seemed to Arya that there was something oddly familiar about him. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> so it's someone we've probably already met. Yes. Maybe. 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 I like that. <laughs> Maybe. Um, so then he, one of the guys says, if one hand can, da- can die, why not a second? Oh, see, replied the man with an accent and the forked yellow beard. Yellow beard. kind of rubs me the wrong Yellow. Um, you have danced the dance before, my friend. He was no one that Arya had seen before, she was sure of it. Grossly fat, yet seemed to walk lightly, carrying his weight on the balls of his feet as if, as a water dancer might. She's got water dancing on the brain. Oh, yeah. That's all she's been doing. I know. Chasing cats. Doing weird things. (laughs) Um, so then one of the men say, before is not now, and this hand is not the other. 
So Arya is then reminding herself, still a stone, quiet as a shadow. Um, the men were blinded by the own blaze of their torch, so they didn't see her plast- pressed flat against the stone only a few feet away. So it so sounds like I, she's literally right there. I don't know. I thought that just when I read that, that sounded hilarious. She's just like, <laughs> like the wall, and they just walk right past her. Like she's probably in, So did, at this view. point, they said that this hand, did she catch that? Did she catch that? And like now she knows that they're talking about her dad. Well, we'll see. No, no, no. When she talks. Because it says the hand, so obviously they're talking about Ned. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know if he... I'm just curious if Arya and her little brain, like, caught that right there. I think she did. I think she does to a point. You think so? Um, and then one of the men says, perhaps so. Nonetheless, we have... We must have time. The princess is with child. The cow will not bestir himself until his son is born. You know how they are, these savages. So... Danny. Talking about Danny. Um, and the other man responds, if he does not bestir himself soon, it may be too late. This is no longer a game for two players, if it ever was. Stannis Baratheon and Liza Aaron have fled beyond my reach, and the whispers say that they are gathering swords around them. The Knight of Flowers writes Highgarden, urging his lord father to send his sister to court. The girl is a maiden of a maid of 14, sweet and beautiful and tractable, and Lord Renly and Sir Loras intend intend that Robert should bed her, wed her, and make a new queen. Hmm. Littlefinger, the gods only know what game Littlefinger is playing, yet Lord Stark's one, the one who troubles my sleep. He has the bastard, he has the book, and soon enough he'll have the truth. And now his wife has abducted Tyrion Lannister thanks to Littlefinger's meddling. Lord Tywin will take that for an outrage, and Jaime has a queer, infec- queer affection for the imp. For the imp. <laughs> if the Lannisters move north, that will bring the Tully's in as well. Delay, you say. Make haste, I reply. Even the finest of jugglers cannot keep a hundred balls in the air forever. That was... There's a lot to unpack there. Can I was going to say... Can we take a second on that? Can we unpack this? That was a very important <laughs> yeah. paragraph, So I the feel. first one that I picked out, which was very odd, was they were talking about um, the High Garden princess. Yes. Yes. And the and, Knight of Flowers, who we know is Loras. Right. So yeah. Loras's sister... Mm-hmm. And apparently Loris and Renly plan on Robert. They said Robert, didn't they? Yes. I was going to ask that. Like, so are they just saying, just forget Cersei now? Yeah. That's yeah. What they, I think that's what they it's said. Literally they, what it sounds yeah. like. What would be, what would they gain from that though? Like, I think what would well, those points What the they would gain? Out? Yeah, the Lannisters would be out. So they want the Lannisters out of power. Basically. Yeah. Okay. I think that, I honestly think that's everybody's. Yeah. Like little, I think like that's a, a side goal of everybody's. So they find this girl less of a threat in the kingdom than the Lannisters. Yeah, they find the Tyrells? Yes. Loras Tyrell. They find the Tyrells to be less of a threat than the Lannisters. And we'll meet his sister later on, but... Yeah. That's that's the first one that I was like, That's a very (laughs) different from the show, too, I think. Yeah, there was never a plan. There was never a plan before. Of Robert marrying... Of Robert with... And just forgetting Cersei. Yeah. You know? Okay, the next one... She got kids. What got me was when he talks about thanks to Littlefinger's meddling. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, like, literally, it sounds like whoever this is sounds like they know that something, whatever Littlefinger told Catelyn, wasn't 100% true. And he, whoever these people are, 
know that Littlefinger is playing both sides. Yes. He's yeah. not an honest person. He literally says, "God, the gods only know what game Littlefinger is playing. Yeah. And they're blaming Catelyn picking up Tyrion on Littlefinger. Yep. Yeah, because he meddled. Yep. He got in the middle of it. And then the next part, he, they say, yet Lord Stark is the one that who troubles my sleep. He has the bastard, he has the book, and soon enough he'll have the truth. So these people know that Lord Stark is putting the pieces together. Yeah, that Ned is putting it. And this also shows that these people know what actually happened. Yeah. They know the truth. But we could unpack this right now and go, okay, so obviously the answer is in the bastard in the book. Right. So the bastard being... That would be... Gendry. um, Gendry, Gendry, yep. Yeah. And the book. The book, which which has all the lineage in it. So something is going... Ned, put the pieces together, man. Come on, man. He's not putting the pieces together fast enough. And it's it's troubling to them, though, that he knows this information. They don't want him to know. And I feel like if... They think that if Lord Stark knows, it's going to be a threat. Mm-hmm. And they need to stop it somehow. <laughs> yeah. I think you know? Ned's yeah, yeah, yeah. honor is putting a damper on him being good at this investigation right now. What? Ned's honor mm-hmm. is, is making it so that he, I think he feels that other people are as honorable as he is. Yeah. And so he's not really putting the pieces together very well. Ned's right. honor is exactly what gets him in trouble all the time, every yep. time. Yeah. Like, but it's honor, good. I know, but like, I was going <laughs> to say, there's honor to an extent, but then if you're like withholding information that could be damaging to someone. Yeah. Yep. Come and on. I think he just thinks that other people are as honorable as him. Because, I mean, he always, in time, his chapters, he's always going after, like, oh, I wish Robert was the way he used to be, like, and wishing these people were the way he is. Right. He just thinks and wants them to be as honorable as he is, and they're not. At the same time, though, I can see why he didn't say anything about what he's finding, because he doesn't know who he can trust. Oh, yeah. yeah. Thanks again to Littlefinger, yeah, who exactly. said, don't trust, anyone, don't trust anyone, you know? And like said, there's spies everywhere. I'm going to throw it out there again. I don't understand why he's not trusting Barristan. I'm not understanding. I don't either, because he seems the most trustworthy exactly. right now. He's the he really only does. one that seems to be... Not meddling. Not, not meddling and not... Not... And, and good. With his... Not leading with his own best interest in Yeah. Mind. Yeah, exactly. He's just trying to protect the king. Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. Okay, and then it goes on to say, um, Lord Tywin will take that for an outrage, meaning... He's not going to be happy. He's not going to be happy yeah, that, that... that Tyrion... Tyrion was abducted. And I think that... What what do you think they mean by saying Jamie has a queer affection for the imp? Like, saying, like, he J- well, will protect the imp? Yeah, yeah. So, Tyrion. I think they're just saying um, that it's going to piss Jamie off, too. Yeah. Yeah, that Jamie has more love for his brother than... Because like, it says Tywin doesn't like him, Cersei doesn't like him. Yeah. Well, Jamie does. Right. And they're saying also, yeah, that Tywin will be mad, not because he likes him, but because he's a Lannister. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, he hates his son. Yeah. But because of what he it is his son. Because his wife died. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then it says, if the Lannisters move north, that will bring the Tullys in as well. What do we make of that? If the Lannisters move north. So to Casterly Rock, is that what they're saying? I think it just Like if they're out of the kingdom. The Lannisters start moving to um, challenge Winterfell. I think they're moving to get, yeah, if they move north to get Tyrion back. Oh. Then the Tullys. Then the Tullys will be involved they because they're protecting Cat- Catelyn. Gotcha. So, it'll be, it'll yeah. be a mini, I, I guess not mini, but when they're About. saying war. Yeah. World war. And that the, wolf, yeah. the wolf and the 
lion will be on each other's throat. I think that's what they mean. That makes sense. World War and the Tullys will just come to oh. back them up. They're all just tied together, man. Yeah, yeah. the Tullys, the High Garden. Yeah. yeah. So one of them is saying to delay, mm-hmm. delay like bringing, push it off. Don't let it. Don't let the war start. Don't let a war start. Kind of thing. We're not ready. Yeah. But the war would only happen if they go to the north, right? Yeah. What do they have to do with it? What are they saying delay to? Probably just telling, trying to get the Lannisters not to go. I think they're delaying. Oh, that's tough. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Are they delaying Ned finding out the truth? Or are they delaying... They could do that. I think that's what it is. Finding out the truth. Oh, so they're they're like withholding another piece of the puzzle, you think? Or they know where the like where the yeah, next piece is and they just don't exactly. necessarily want him to get that's there. That's exactly So right. they're withholding it. You're saying it. he's got yeah. two of the three pieces. So and one is we're saying, not going to give him the third one. One, one. one of these people are saying, don't do it yet. One is saying, do it now. Right. And then, it's, and then it ends the paragraph with, even the finest of jugglers cannot keep a hundred balls in the air forever. There's a lot. There's a lot uh, of and that just right sounds now. like whoever is saying, like, wait or, like, make haste kind of thing. It kind of sounds like I can only do so much to keep things delayed. Yeah. And I can only delay you, some things. You expecting me to be able to just delay it Someone, easily is not going to... So that's another clue. It's someone who knows a lot of information. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. We're okay. about to get another clue, too. Yes. We know a few people that know a lot of um, We do. So, the n- next person, I don't, you know, it's kind of hard to keep who's talking in place because they don't have names right now. But um, the man replies, you are more than a juggler, old friend. You are a true sorcerer. All I ask is that you work your magic a while longer. Um, and then Arya says that they start to move back down the hall in the direction that she had come um, past the room with the monsters. And then the other man says, what I can do, I will. I must have gold and another 50 birds. To the, to which the other man replied, so many. The ones you need are hard to find. So young to, their, to know their letters. Perhaps older, not die so easily. The voices were fainter as the light dwindled ahead of her. So at this point, it sounds like they're just getting too far for her and she's trying to keep up, but didn't go very, didn't go very well. Um... The other man the other man said, No, the younger are safer safer, treat them gently. Who has birds? Exactly. <laughs> we know that already. Exactly. Um, so long after the voices had faded away, Arya could still see the light of the torch, um, a smoking star that bid her follow. Twice it seemed to disappear, but she kept on straight, and both times she found herself at the top of steep, narrow stairs, and the torch was glimmering far below her, and she would just hurry after it. Um, She did, at one point, stumble over a rock and fall against the wall. (laughs) I had to add that because I thought it was funny. Uh, She then says that she must have crept after them for miles. Um, Finally, they were gone, but there was no place to go forward. So she found the the wall again and followed it, blind and lost, pretending that Nymeria was padding alongside her in the darkness. At the end of her little blind, (laughs) lost journey, um, she was knee-deep in foul-smelling water, wishing she could dance upon it as Syria might have, and wondering if she would ever see light again. It was fully dark when Arya emerged into the night air. Um, so one thing I wanted to mention there, so we talked about who had little birds, who has birds. Varys. But then there was another thing also. Remember when Varys met with Ned Mm -hmm. and he was talking about how 
there are spider holes that only he knows. Mm-hmm. Sounds like Arya found a spider hole. Yeah. <gasps> oh. Because, I don't know if you mentioned it, but they said that, like, the rock came down and, like, covered up the hole that That's it a came good out catch. of, right? Yeah, it was like a big... Yeah, it was like it was a well, like a big, basically. Like, would it not wouldn't um, a big stone door? Because they noticed that he was like pushing. One of the guys was pushing on something. Yeah. yeah, and she was sitting there like, "What is he pushing?" Yeah, but it ended up just being like a super heavy stone door. Yeah, and he did say he yep. there's spider holes. I think that's you're right. The only time that he said that he was a spider so far, that so he it, yeah. I think she found right. a spider hole. Woo. We know they're there, but. <laughs> Um, so Arya was actually at the entrance of a sewer. That's why it was disgusting. Um, she stank so bad that she ended up washing herself in the river. Um, she noticed now that she was actually really far away from the Red Keep. She could see it, but she was, like, outside the castle walls completely. Uh, but it was still in view because it's on a hill. Mm-hmm. Um, Arya stripped down and was naked and un- unnoticed by the guards because it was dark out. Um, so she, I guess, felt comfortable enough to just, you know, strip down enough and nothing. Um, her clothes finally dried as she walked up to the gates, uh, and they were being guarded by two guards. Um, the two guards kind of shoot her away when she got there saying like, okay, there's no, there's no scraps. Like the kitchens are closed. Um, and she goes, I'm not like looking, I'm not looking for a handout. I I live here. (laughs) (laughs) I I live here. (laughs) Um, she goes, my, I'm, I need to go see my father. And the guards go, like, they said, your father's probably, like, drunk in some tavern somewhere. Like, you don't you, you don't live here. Yeah, you don't live here. Well, she looks just disgusting. I mean, yeah. <laughs> she was in the sewer. She just bathed herself in a river. I mean, she's not I, looking. I mean, fair enough. She's not looking very royal right now. No. Not looking like the when is she ever daughter though? of the hand of the king. <laughs> right, right, when is she ever? So the guards laughed at her um, and said, what was your father? Like, the rat catcher for the kingdom? Is that what's going on? Um, and one actually, like, swung at Arya, not in, like, a violent way, but kind of like a get-out-of-here kind of thing. And she ducked real quick, um, and so that kind of got their attention. Um, Arya said that her father was the Hand of the King and threatened them both and said, um, yeah. if you don't believe me, get Jordan Poole, um, and then you'll believe me. <laughs> Mic drop. I like how... She is, like, dropping names right now. Yeah, and I like how, like, the chat, like, it chapter just, like, skips right there. It's like, they obviously went and got Jordan Poole, and they both were, like, proven completely wrong, because yeah, now right. she's in front of her dad. Um, so Ara's brought into the fa- into the room with her father um, in the Tower of the Hand uh, by Fat Tom. So Fat Tom's back. Fat Tom! <laughs> so an editor immediately scolded her and was like, why, why did you leave the castle without my permission? It's dark out. Like, it's nighttime. Why would you do that? Um, and Arya quickly said that she didn't mean to leave the castle, which she didn't. <laughs> so I understand she didn't mean to leave, but um, instead she began to explain her story. So uh, she said that she, um, she had fell through a window into the dungeons and that she saw monsters. She conveniently knocked, left over the part where she knocked over Tom. Um, <laughs> yes. She goes, she thought to herself, like, if she explained that, then she'd be in a whole lot more trouble because then he would have to go and, like, apologize to Cersei. And it would just be a whole thing. Yeah. Um, but it's perfect because they thought that it was a boy. Yep. Yeah. They didn't even know it was her. Exactly. Um, Ned saw the scratches on her and says that he's like, I need to go talk to Serio because this is just getting out of hand. My kid's coming back bruised and scratched up every yeah, day. Yeah, <laughs> my, kid, my kid left the castle, 
Yeah. Chasing cats. Because of and you. You're, yeah. <laughs> what are you teaching her? So Arya quickly interrupted him and said that that was besides the point. The real thing she stumbled upon was two men. Um, and she explained that one had a pointed yellow beard. This is just as bad. She, she screws this up real bad. She does. Um, and it's like in a typical fashion where a kid would try to explain a story. Yeah. And you're like... You're it's like getting, jumping all over the place. Yeah, you're getting bits and pieces, but he's not getting the meat and potatoes of the story. Right. And so it sounds like something she made up. So again, she explains that uh, he had a, one had a pointed yellow beard and the other one had a steel cap. Um, and they were planning to kill him. Mm. Um, and Ned... Did not entertain this for a second, which I wish that he would have. Um, well, to be fair, Arya started her story with saying that she saw monsters. Monsters, man with a yellow beard, pointed yellow cap. Or pointed sounds cap. like a fairy tale. Yep, <laughs> sounds fake. Uh, Ned did not entertain this at all um, and said that she shouldn't be following people around and sneaking around and listening to people, which is probably true, but... Mm-hmm. Hey, everyone seems to do that in this castle. Yeah. Um, Arya tried to explain in more de- detail, uh, but it was all mixed up in her head. And she was so she was trying really hard to remember. I kind of feel bad for her here because she really sees real danger, but she's not... She's a kid. Yeah. She can't put it down. The words don't match up with the brain. Right. So, again, going off here, Arya explains that one man was a wizard and that the other couldn't juggle, I guess, and they needed more time... And she said that there was a bastard involved, and she immediately thought that must be John. It's probably the only bastard she knows. Yeah, she's the only person that she knows is a bastard <laughs> I mean, is John. So she's know. like, she was thinking that like they were gonna kill John or something, or he's part of this plot. Yeah. You know, it didn't. Nothing was matching up. So Ned was extremely confused, as I'm sure any person that listens to a kid try to tell a story would be. They're, um, they're really confusing. <laughs> Uh, Ned, uh, so then the two men were most likely, he told her that these two men were most likely showmen. They were here for the tourney. Um, and Robert probably wanted like a private show or something. So that's why they were in the castle. And he goes, why they were down in the dungeons? I don't know why you were down in the dungeons. I don't know, but that's still, he's still not entertaining this story. So Arya said, no, that's not, that's not what was said it's not that they were you know here for the tourney she goes the biggest thing that i picked up was that the lion and the wolf were going to fight and kill each other <clears throat> hmm. that should be enough for you right there i would think that that would pique ned's interest that's, right red flag. There, right? <clears throat> that's piqued my interest um and that there was some book involved and they were planning on killing ned um so as Arya is explaining more of this story desmond interrupted and said that a man from the night's watch is here um, <clears throat> so I did not get to finish her story. <laughs> um, so, uh, Ned said to bring him in and it was, it's Yorin, which we all remember who Yorin is, right? He yes. was traveling with them. Um, he greeted them both and said, oh, this must be your son. Fuck. <laughs> to Arya, of course. So, I'm a girl, Arya said, and began berating him with questions. So she started asking, like, oh, your Night's Watch? Like, so how's John? Like, have you visited Winterfell? Is John's must be a ranger by now, right? Like, <laughs> you know, he must be, like, first ranger. And Nowhere close. Ned apologized. He's like, I'm sorry for Arya's boldness. She kind of seems to forget her pleasantries when she's uh, has a lot to say. Um, yes. <laughs> but he goes, I need to know what you, like, what do you need? What, what are you here for, Yorin? 
Um, Yoren said, well, I'm actually here to get recruits for the Night's Watch, uh, which we know that's why he was traveling down there. We already know that. Yes. Um, but that's only part of the reason why he came to see Ned. He said that he rode, he uh, was with a, another group of men that split off, and one group went to Castle Rock, and the other group came down here, but he outrode all of them. Hmm. And he said, I, my horse nearly died getting here. Because uh, I wrote it so hard, uh, but surely by now Tywin already knows. Knows what? Yeah. Right. Um, he then said that he said, "You're not my brother, but out of respect for Benjen, because Benjen is my brother in black, that I felt that I needed to come down here and tell you this first, so that you could get ahead of this before it gets out of proportion." Yeah, I mean. But he said. We need to have a private conversation. Mm-hmm. So uh, Ned has Desmond take Arya to bed, um, and he kissed her goodnight. Arya's kind of disappointed. <laughs> um, she's she's like, so nosy. Yeah. Um, and she was mad because <laughs> because it was Desmond, not, not Fat Tom, that was taking her to bed. Mm-hmm. She said that if it was Fat Tom, that she could have probably like lingered and like hung around the door and listened to what they had to say. But because Ned it's Desmond, knows. he knows what he's doing. So... <laughs> Desmond's like, I'm on to you. like, we're going to bed. You're not lingering. Um, so then, as they walk out, Arya then asked Desmond how many men were protecting her father. Desmond replied, 50. And Arya said, well, if the, do the Lannisters have more? And Desmond replies, yes, they do have more, but the men in the north, everyone knows that a man from the north is worth about 10 men from the south. Mm. So, men from the north. Um, so we don't actually hear this conversation that's happening between Ned because Arya doesn't hear it. Yeah. So um, Arya then asks if she would protect her father, if he would protect her father from the wizard. Desmond replies, wizards die just like any man once you cut their head off. There you go. Desmond's pretty, Desmond's pretty hardcore. Yeah, I like him. I like him a lot. I like Jordan Poole, but Desmond's kind of... He's no funny business. No, he's not. And you're going to bed. Yeah. Right <laughs> Both my legs are asleep. I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> We're almost done. Oh my so, <laughs> the discussion questions that we have, uh, the first one is, um, Arya's dream about being lost in King's Landing. Yep. And Let's talk about that. I thought it was interesting because she also talked about, I'm, I'm scrolling back up to the dream, um, something about like her dad's voice just getting farther and farther away as she got lost in king's landing i'm trying to find it i'm sorry just so that we can read it and then answer the question correctly okay so it says she used to have bad dreams about being lost in king's landing her dad reminded her that the red keep was smaller than winterfell but in her dreams it seemed so much bigger an endless stone maze with walls that seemed to change behind her she would find herself wandering down gloomy halls, past boring tapestries, and down endless stairs. Some of the walls seemed to be dripping blood. Sometimes she would hear her father's voice, but it would always be far off. No matter how hard she ran after it, it would just grow fainter and fainter. So what do we think about this dream? Well, I think a couple things. Um, the first one that I was wanted to touch on was Arya um, says that it... Even though she was told that it was smaller than Winterfell, she feels like it's bigger. And I think that's because it's, like, colder and not 
how do I say this? Winterfell's her home, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So your home always feels small and comfortable, no matter how it. big it is, because you know it. But because she doesn't know it, it seems larger to her and more gray, mm-hmm. cold. So I think that's part of what I wanted to pick up on. I was I wanted to touch on the part where no matter how fast she ran after her father, her father's voice would just grow fainter and fainter. I think she's afraid to lose her dad. Yeah. Because she can see him, like, how hard he's working and how, like, yeah, wrapped up in stuff that he's getting, you know? He's, like, falling into a depression, too. Every time she's seen him, it's been... He's been yeah. pretty glum, and especially with that last conversation he had with her. Yeah. When he was telling her, you know, we're surrounded by enemies. You need to be... Yeah. Mature now. Yes. So I think... And that's another thing. She's growing up. Yeah. So she doesn't need her dad as much. She's losing the dad part. Yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah, she's she's not having that kind of like, daddy, it's more like dad. Right. Father, yeah. you know. Right. So. Nice. Anything else? Nope. No. It's not too complicated. It's not a brand drink. No, I just... It's not I a thought brand it was, I thought it was interesting. Yeah. Um, and the second question, who do you think the two men that Arya are talking? Who do you think they are? Well, we know one is Varys. We know one is Varys, without a doubt. Varys for sure. Not totally sure about the other guy, but... I'm not either. He does say he's from the Free Cities. He has an accent from the Free Cities. See, I I forgot about that part, because I was going to say the long point of beard makes me think of someone really old, and I was thinking Maester Pycelle. But... He's not from the Free Cities. And he's, like, super old, the way he carries himself and talks. And he can't even walk. <laughs> That's true. He's but I was just thinking, like, the pointed beard. Yeah. Yeah. He's constantly grunting and making So who in, who's in King's Landing right now from the Free Cities? It could be anyone. Because of the attorney. Because of the attorney, yeah. Of the attorney, yeah it could be anyone. And obviously whoever it is knows what's going on with Danny. So whoever it is is aware of the situation from across the sea that she's pregnant and everything. So I'm guessing, I would say the person that he's talking to is the person that relayed the message to him that Danny is pregnant. To Varys? To Varys, that she's pregnant. Mm-mm. No, we just, yeah, The I think that it's whoever it is is someone that brought the message across the sea to Varys of what's going on over there. Yeah. On the other side of the world. I mean, that the biggest clue that I held on to was the fact that he had the accent. So yeah. Yeah. Other than that, I didn't think there was really. I He's not a regular. Don't know who it is? Yeah. He's not a regular in King's Landing. No. No. All right. The last question that we have is: Why do you think Ned isn't listening to Arya's story? And even though there are several points that should be intriguing to him, why is he not listening to her? Because it sounds like a bunch of gibberish. Yeah. I she can't put her facts just, straight. Yeah. yeah. I kind of think he's just kind of dusting her aside. Yeah. I do think that the whole lion and the wolf will fight yep. each other. That should have been a red flag for yes. him. And I think, I'm wondering if he's got too much going on now with this investigation at this point that he's not paying attention, paying attention to this. Yeah. Because now he's not, because he's not looking out for his own well-being, right? Right. As of the last chapter that we know what Ned's mindset was, was protecting Robert. Right. So that was nothing to do with the stag. It has everything to do with the wolf and the lion going at it. Well, he doesn't... Yep. He's not thinking that he's in danger so much as... Well, I guess Robert. he is, but he's more concerned about Robert being yeah. in danger. Yeah, right. 
So even if there were things that he picked up on, yeah, as like, like we said, kids. Right. So, and it could have just also it could just be somebody talking. Yes. Yeah. With the way she told the story, it could just be random. Yes. It could be two jugglers talking. I think he should have taken it a little bit more seriously once he heard the wolf and the lion thing, but yeah. I understand why he kind of brushed her aside. Yeah. I think he was starting to listen, and then Yorn came in. And then Yorn. Now he's got a whole new bag up. of problems, yeah. All right, so those are discussion questions. Make sure you answer them. Send our answers in. Um, the Tyrion tidbit for today is death is so final, yet life is so full of possibilities. Word. Ain't that I mean, the truth. Right. I was going to say, not like death could be full of possibilities. <laughs> Never know. <laughs> All right, guys. Make sure. Don't interrupt my social media plugs. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, make sure you guys follow us on all of our social media. On Facebook, we have a Facebook page called Game of Wines, A Song of Ice and Fire podcast. We also have a Facebook group where we post all things Game of Thrones, have some good discussions. It, you can find that at Game of Wines podcast group. We are also on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Game of Wines 1 and on YouTube at Game of Wines podcast. That is it for this week's episode of Game of Wines. Next episode, we will be discussing Eddard Chapter 8, so make sure you read that chapter before next episode. Thanks for listening! <laughs>